Welcome to the New Grad Physio podcast, hosted by Andy Barker, consultant sports physiotherapist, private practice owner, and the founder of the New Grad Physio. Having experienced his own rapid rise from student to dream job as the head of physiotherapy and rehab at the Leeds Rhinos, just 15 months after graduating, Andy knows exactly what it takes to accelerate your skills and fly up the promotion ladder faster than you ever thought possible. Having previously been with the Leeds Rhinos for 10 seasons, Andy now consults with a number of individual elite athletes within professional rugby, international football and professional dance, alongside running his own successful private practice. Andy built the new grad physio to help new grad physios, sports therapists and sport rehabilitators just like you accelerate their own learning and learn the skill sets you need to become a competent, confident and competitive new grad physio. As a new grad, there are specific challenges you will face during those first few years and this podcast will deliver you actionable advice you can use to overcome these challenges and start your own successful new grad journey. Enjoy the show! Hey, it's Andy Bark here and welcome to the New Grad Physio podcast. If you've ever found yourself stuck for what treatment technique to use with a patient with shoulder pain, then this podcast is for you. So in this podcast, I'm going to discuss some of the most common problems that students on placements and new grads face when they're treating patients and athletes with shoulder pain. And I'm also going to talk about how I got it wrong, you know, as a new grad treating, you know, both patients in private practice and also in professional rugby. You know, I got it, you know, vastly wrong as a as a sort of new grad. And you know, from my experiences and what I've learned over the years, I'm gonna give you some simple advice to help you better manage shoulder pain. So just on the shoulder to start with, it is no doubt the one area that new grads struggle with the most. It's the joint I get the most emails and questions and messages on my social media channels. It is the the joint that gets the most views um on the the blogs that i write about a particular i guess the joint the podcast that i record any sort of material that i put on about the shoulder is so so popular because it's an area that so many new grads struggle to get their head around and also lack confidence when they have that patient or athlete you know with a with a sort of shoulder problem and in a lot of cases you know and i've seen this you know firsthand with such students this lack of confidence that you have is reflected in your in your clinical practice. So as you lack the confidence and conviction about you know what problem it is, what the exactly what's going on with the shoulder, this stops you or hampers your ability to to actually treat your patient, the athlete you're working with, in the best possible way. And in particular, one of the common things that I see is that. New grads, students on placements, when they're when they're dealing with a shoulder problem, is they they use that sort of kitchen sink approach. So they end up treating everything around the sort of shoulder because maybe there's lack of bit of lack of clarity about the actual problem that's going on. There's lack of confidence about sort of treating the sort of shoulder, and this results in you know treating everything. You've got a a patient with shoulder pain, so you know pain. You're treating the the pecs, the lats. You're trying to influence some of the some of the cuff muscles. You're treating every single structure in and around the shoulder, hoping that that something 
will work. And that kitchen sink approach really doesn't work. It might help a little bit, but by doing that approach, even if it has improved pain or improved range of movement or whatever your objective marker may be, you're often left wondering exactly what technique you use because you use that many actually help them so when you get to the next session and they come back and maybe they are slightly better maybe they're not very similar to what they were prior to that you almost then have to go through the same process again because you're not clear which one or a couple of those exercises or or treatment techniques that you use actually helps your patient because you did 10 12 different things so again it's not going to help you if you need to sort of jump back in and actually do, you know, maybe more hands-on treatment techniques during your, you know, a second, third, fourth session, whatever that that sort of may be. So again, what you sort of want to do with any patient or athlete that you see with sort of shoulder pain is try and save yourself time, try and save yourself effort, and know the best techniques that make the most sort of difference. So I remember as a as a new grad getting it so wrong, particularly with sort of shoulder pain and a lot of injuries that I dealt with both in private practice and particularly in my you know my role that I that I went into straight from university in in sort of rugby. And what I would do is I'd spend so much of my time on my hands-on treatment techniques. I I'd be treating, like I've just said, everything around the shoulder. I'd be doing exactly what I'm telling you not to do, that kitchen sink approach. Uh, and what I actually did by doing that, and whilst I did make some improvements, you know, quite a lot of the time with the, the athletes I was working with, the players I was working with, you know, it wasn't great. It was pretty hard work. Um, it also left me very little time in the sessions for actually rehab. And what it also did was it set me up for more and more work because what what players were, were finding is the treatment techniques I was doing were helping. Uh, but they then became very reliant on hands-on. They were coming back to back to me the next day, the next day, and the next day of that. I was spending probably ninety percent of my time hands-on, ten percent of of rehab. And whilst they'd feel great after a treatment session, they'd come back in that next day and the next day. Sometimes even the same day. You know, they'd go in the gym and lift weights. They'd go out training and maybe rattle their shoulder a little bit, and they'd be coming back in to see me again. And because of that environment where you know you're not seen a, it's not like private practice or maybe NHS where you've seen a patient and then you've seen him a, a week or two later you've seen them literally every day you're with them all day you're spending more time with these players than you're spending with your you know girlfriend boyfriend mum and dad whoever you sort of you know live with it's it's pretty pretty crazy and you know if I think back to to how I treat now I treat so so differently now I, I still use hands-on treatment techniques with you know, almost every single patient or athlete that I see with shoulder pain, I'll generally use a lot more of it during those early sessions. And, you know, then the amount of of, of hands-on treatment techniques I use, generally speaking, will, will, will lower, will reduce as I move through the sort of treatment plan. And those early sessions are predominantly based around improving range of movement and providing a window for, for myself to do the rehab with the patient or the athlete. Uh, that I'm working with, and once problems like range of movement have gone, once the pain has gone, you know my sessions are all pretty much focused on rehab. There might be bits and pieces, you know, certain techniques or certain times we need to jump in and do a little bit more hands-on. But generally speaking, um, it'll be all focused around rehab towards the latter um, sessions before obviously returning a a patient or an athlete back to the things that they do, whether that's the gym or that's sport, whatever else it may be. 
thinking back to how I treated as a new grad, if I treat the same way now and did probably 90% of every session you know, I do in private practice or in sport, just using my hands, I honestly think I've been a pretty bad way. I, I generally don't think that my hands, fingers, thumbs um, would be able to take it. I, I don't honestly think I'd physically uh, be able to do it. So, you know, it'd be pretty, pretty tough. And if you've done a lot of hands-on stuff in the past, maybe you've had like back-to-back patients or had a few days where you've done a lot of hands-on stuff, it's pretty, pretty tough on your, on your fingers, on your thumbs, on your hands, you know, on, on your body to, to do that and to do that day in and day out like I was as a new grad. I honestly think it had broken me and that would probably would have led to me jumping out of, you know, sport, you know, and which is something that I, you know, would never want to want to sort of do. Um, so firstly, I'm, I'm not suggesting for one minute that you don't use hands-on treatment techniques. In fact, quite quite the opposite. I can, and I know, you know, I teach this within my, within New Physio membership and therapists that I work with, we can get really great results using our hands often much quicker than just using rehab sort of on its own. Um, the key to using hands-on treatment techniques is, you know, using the, the techniques really at the, the right time and being understanding when we when to use them and what we're actually trying to, to actually achieve. And actually, one of the biggest things is actually picking the right muscles to treat. So we want to stop, you know, treating everything. We want to stop using that, kitchen sink type approach and be more specific with the hands-on treatment techniques that we're using. We want to cut out the amount of effort and time we're having to spend on those hands-on treatment techniques because we're trying to treat everything and use techniques that actually improve a patient's symptoms. And then that will give you the opportunity you know, to spend more time on your rehab. And if you've got time in sessions to do the hands-on stuff, and you can do the rehab stuff with your patients and athletes, then you're onto a winner. You're going to get the results that you want in a much quicker period of time. Hope you are enjoying today's episode so far. Just wanted to take a break and make sure you haven't missed out on Andy's latest free resource, Five Steps to Fast Track Your New Grad Physio Career. It will show you five simple steps you need to accelerate your learning and career as a new grad physio. It is packed full of clinical and non-clinical advice, including the missing career skill university didn't teach you that is stopping you getting better job roles, more opportunities and better pay as a new grad physio. It's Andy's most downloaded resource and you can get it completely free just by visiting newgradphysio.com. So make sure you check it out. Now, let's get back to the podcast. So firstly, to be able to pick, I guess, the, the right muscles to treat, we, we need to understand what muscles do what sort, sort of movement. So when, when you're asking your subjective sort of questions and you go through that sort, sort of subjective history, the answers and what your patients are telling you are, are really crucial. So linking to the shoulder, a lot of patients with shoulder pain will talk about common activities or movements that they struggle with. So one really common example of the shoulder is any movement or task a patient has to do where they're lifting over their head. So in the gym, that might be something like a shoulder press. You might have a, a builder or a plasterer in your clinic and they were telling you, you know, when they're working overhead, doing what they need to do, it, their shoulder pain is worse. You may have a 
you know, an older patient who maybe says, you know, the worst thing I do when I'm trying to lift sort of plates or put, you know, cut, no, not cutlery, excuse me, lower down, you know, plates or mugs or whatever it may be into a, a cupboard that's a little bit higher than higher than my shoulder. You know, lifting overhead is a, a common, I guess, problem that we see with with patients and athletes with, with shoulder pain. So if we think about what's happening when a patient goes to put those, you know, plates away in the, in the cupboard or they're trying to do a shoulder press in the gym, certain muscles uh, are, are getting asked to do a certain job. So we know the big players, the big the big movers, if you like, the prime movers around the shoulder are the pectorals, the lats and the deltoids. So I want you to sort of keep that in the back of your, back of your head. So pectorals, the lats and the deltoid. When we get into the objective assessment with any patient, so you're in, in your clinic and you're working through your objective assessment, again, you will see common things with patients with shoulder pain. You'll see that sort of painful arc or that pain during the mid-range of movements like shoulder flexion and shoulder abduction, maybe maybe with both types of movements. Often you might get pain with resisted you know, rotation, internal rotation is quite common, particularly with patients with anterior shoulder pain. You might also see pain provocation with active or passive shoulder external rotation. So think about what we said at the start. So going back to what we said, the big players around the shoulder are the pecs, the lats and the deltoid. And the main problems we generally see related to shoulder pain, related to shoulder flexion, abduction and shoulder rotation. So that's not exclusive. No, I'm, I'm making some general points here, but a lot of those problems, shoulder flexion, abduction and rotation are common you know, with a lot of patients that we will see, regardless of the domain that you work, presenting with shoulder pain. So wouldn't it be great if there was a structure, a muscle that was involved in all these movements, that was involved in shoulder flexion, abduction and shoulder rotation? If we could treat muscle and fix maybe more than one problem and the great thing is there actually is so so the pec the pec the pectorals uh, are probably the biggest player in the shoulder and again i'm generalizing here based on what i've just said in the sort of last section and again i want to generalize a bit more and i'm going to refer to the pectorals being the pec major and the minor i appreciate and again this is very simplistic but i'm just trying to make um i guess a big point about trying to be a bit more specific with what we're doing and having a bit of a better thought process about managing and actually treating shoulder pain in a much simpler way. So to keep it really simple, I'm just going to refer to the pec major and the pec minor as the pec pectorals. So the pectorals actively contribute to the movements of shoulder flexion, um, shoulder abduction, and also internal rotation. So whilst, you know, the, the fibers have to do different things. So in the movements of, say, shoulder flexion and internal rotation, the, the pectorals are going to contract, they're going to shorten, whilst during the, the movements of, say, shoulder abduction and external rotation, those pectoral fibers are actually going to have to lengthen. So they are involved in either a, a shortening fashion or a concentric fashion or they're having to lengthen during other movements, during all those main movements that we related to the problems that we see, you know, with the majority of patients that we see with shoulder pain. So in short, these pectoral muscles are involved in all the main problems we discussed before. 
Therefore, you know, this again, this is may sound really simple, but would it make great sense you know, to start by treating a muscle, you know, like the pectorals for a patient or an athlete with shoulder pain, given its sort of role and its actions around the shoulder, it can have a massive impact on how the shoulder functions and treating these muscles, you know, the, the pectorals, the pec major and the pec minor can have a massive impact on reduction of shoulder pain and have been able to restore um, movement, restore pain-free sort of shoulder movement. So I'm a massive fan of you know, treating the, the pectorals with patients that I see both in an athletic environment and also in my private practice. Um, I, I use a lot of like pin and stretch type sort of techniques and um, you know there's various different ways you can treat the pectorals and I'm not saying this is the way that you should do it and this is the way that I found and I've found over the over the years um, working with a lot of patients with shoulder pain particularly from my background working in rugby to be really really advantageous really effective and get results really quick one of the big reasons I think this has been the case specifically related to the pectorals is if I'm, for example, trying to improve shoulder movement, so maybe I'm trying to improve shoulder flexion and maybe abduction, which are common problems we see with patients with shoulder pain, I can use, a, say, a pin and stretch technique to treat both. So what I could do is I could treat the, the I guess, the tissue, and I can try and improve movement at the same time. So what I might might do is I might pin the pec minor for example with my thumb with one arm and then I might take my use my other my my free arm with to grab the patient's arm and what I might do is I might pin the the pec minor and then what I might actually do is passively move their arm into say a position of shoulder abduction so what I'm actually doing there I'm actually treating the muscle so the muscle underneath my thumb the pec minor but I'm also almost providing a a passive mobilization or a passive stretch using the same sort of technique. So I'm almost like killing two birds with one stone. I'm doing two things at the same time. So to imagine the technique I've just sort of described, imagine your patients laying their back on the bed. You're going to pin your thumb into their pec. Then with your other hand holding the patient's arm, you know, their wrist, elbow, wherever you feel most comfortable, you're going to guide their arm into, say, shoulder flexion or maybe shoulder abduction, whatever their problem may be. So I appreciate on a podcast that this can be quite hard to um, to understand. So I've actually put a blog together on this sort of same topic. So you can, you can catch the blog at www.com newgrophysio.com forward slash blog so if you catch that you can obviously have a look at the image that i've posted with that blog and that'll make this sort of technique a little bit more clearer and a bit easier to understand if you if my audio description has not been uh being good enough for you so if there was one technique i probably use the most with patients with shoulder pain uh, whether that's in private practice or in you know sports setting it's probably this technique and again all the techniques that I use, whether that's you know hands-on treatment techniques or rehab, is obviously going to be a rationale. It's going to be based individually on the you know the subjective and the findings of my objective assessment. However, if there was one technique I've probably used the most over the years and I continue to use to this day, it is this particular technique. So it's definitely a technique 
that you can get some great value out on a technique that you probably want to, to learn a bit more about and get comfortable in using with the patients or athletes that you work because it can have such a massive impact on shoulder function. It could help to quickly reduce pain, improve movement, and allow you that window to allow your rehab to, to crack on, to do the exercises that you need to do to, to help your improvement stick and ultimately get your patient or your athlete athlete, sorry, doing the things, get, getting back to doing the things that they sort of want to do. So in terms of wrapping up the sort of podcast, the key things to sort of take away, uh, firstly, you need to understand what muscles do. You need to know, understand what muscles do and what jobs. So again, when you're finding problems in range of movement, with pain, whatever it may be, you can identify what structures that are, are maybe not doing their job as well as that that we want them to do and then obviously influence and direct our hands-on treatment techniques and also our rehab to obviously impact those particular problems one big thing as well is just to understand the the big impact that the pectorals have in the shoulder they are you know one of the big players if not the biggest player in the shoulder alongside you know the deltoid and also the latissimus dorsi and then finally you know the technique i've sort of just talked through by all means, check out the blog if it doesn't quite quite make sense from a from a podcast point of view. But it's a technique that I use, you know, week in week out, private practice within sport. And it's a technique that you know that you that you want to become familiar with because it can have a great impact. It's an easy technique to use. It can have massive massive impacts on patients with shoulder pain. So if you'd like to learn a little bit more about shoulder you know, pain and also specifically about hands-on injury techniques. If you want to learn more about how to link your patient assessments, your special testing to the treatment and rehab you describe you prescribe with patients with shoulder pain, please let me know. So send me an email, andy at newgrophysio.com with a subject line shoulder, and I'll get right back to you and help you out. There is as a lot, you know, the shoulder is quite a complex um, joint and area of the body, so there's a lot more to to a great shoulder injury management plan and I'd love to share this with you so please get in touch so that's it for the podcast thanks for tuning in listening to the new graph physio podcast enjoy the day whatever you have got planned and I will speak to you all again very soon thanks for listening to Andy Barker's new grad physio podcast if you've enjoyed this content you will love his website newgradphysio.com which is packed full of free content to help you, a new grad physio, sports therapist or sports rehabilitator, overcome the specific challenges you face day to day in your clinical practice, working in the NHS, private practice and sport. Here you can get links to all his other podcast episodes, read all his blogs, find out about his book and his upcoming courses and the new grad physio membership. You can also download Andy's latest free resource, five steps to fast track your new grad physio career. It is packed full of clinical and non-clinical advice, including the missing career skill university didn't teach you that is stopping you getting better job roles, more opportunities and better pay as a new grad physio. Get access to all this by visiting www.newgradphysio.com. The new grad physio was built to help as many new grads as possible. So if you have enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review and even better, tell someone else about it. Enjoy the rest of your day, whatever you have planned, and here's to the start of your own successful new grad journey.